Hi there. I'm Michael Marvash, and this is The Dead Man's Forest, a weekly conversation about mortality, the transience of all things, and how reflecting on those things can improve our lives and make us more fulfilled. I've been thinking about that topic of conversation as I do, as I tend to do, think about things. And I think it's not quite the whole thing. Our mortality and our transience are a part of the conversation, it's true, but the conversation is really one where we think about our existence. We think about the nature of our existence. We think about the nature of all existence. And in thinking about existence, we, of course, must also think about its opposite, non-existence, our non-existence, and the non-existence of the things around us, the non-existence of the people we love, the non-existence of the past and the future. What is the nature of those things? What is the shape of them? How do they look and feel? And as we examine them together in the conversation here in the Dead Man's Forest, we become, I think, better at existing. We become able to exist more fully. We learn how to be more fulfilled with our existence. And more fulfilled people in the world will be able to make the world a more fulfilling place to be for everyone. So that is a <laughs> much less succinct statement about the topic of our conversation. I'll be working on it over the coming weeks. Last week, we talked about fear and about a specific fear that I have, that I was feeling, that I do feel from time to time. The fear, that truth as it was described to me as a child, which I took great comfort in, and the idea that there is a God that God determines truth and is in control of everything. That comforting idea is something I'm no longer able to accept. And therefore the comfort that I got from it, I, I no longer have a source of. And I, that, that child that's inside of me feels a little bit adrift I've given that some more thought, and there are two directions that I have, that those thoughts have taken me in. The first is that I think that understanding the truth, coming to an understanding of the truth, learning more about what is true, has for a long time been one of the goals of my life, one of my goals. 
one of the things that I am pursuing is truth, to know more truth. And as I have thought about that for years and years, I have more and more come to think that maybe truth doesn't exist. And I'll explain a little bit more about that in just a couple seconds. But what I only realized recently was that if that, if that is the case, if truth is not a real thing, then what is it that I'm pursuing? It's just a phantom. And that possibility I think for some time now has unsettled me at a subconscious level. When you find that the, the object of your quest is not real. Isn't that the great tragedy of Arthur's Knights and the quest for the Holy Grail? So why am I beginning to question whether truth is a real thing. I said I'd come back to that. The reason I find myself questioning that is because we human beings have a remarkable ability as a group to, to create imaginary things that don't actually exist, but as long as enough of us pretend like they exist, they do for practical purposes. An example of this would be the border between two states or two countries. I live in Idaho, just an hour or so away from Oregon. And the Idaho-Oregon border is not real. It's, it's not there. You can't look at earth from space or from the ground or from any elevation in between those two things and perceive the Idaho-Oregon border with your senses. It's not there. It's not real. It is an imaginary line. But because all of us agree to pretend that it is there, it's there practically. We all behave like it's there. We all recognize the fact that our behaviors need to be different depending on which side of the line we're on. That, for example, we need to drive our cars slower or faster. The world that we inhabit is full of these kinds of things, is full of things that don't actually exist, but only practically do because we agree to pretend like they do. Businesses, nations, money, our institutions, none of them are real things. Perhaps the things that they're made up of are real things, made up of land 
and of people and of um, assets like vehicles and buildings and things like that. Those things are real. But the ways in which we use those things and the ways in which we interact with them and the ways in which other people expect us to do those things, those things only exist because we agree, because we have agreed to pretend like they do. Pretend maybe is the wrong word. We've agreed to act like they do. And I don't know at what point it occurred to me, but I thought, what if truth is the same way? What if truth isn't something that's out there in the universe like a rock? What if truth is only a a byproduct of the fact that we think about the world in terms of language? And so truth is just a characteristic of language that we use. Something that we say can, can be true or it can be false. But if we take away the language or we take away the mind thinking it, then we have also removed that thing that we call truth. Because all that's left when you don't have language, when you don't have a human mind to think that language, all that's left is stuff. All that's left is the, 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 the stuff that exists in the universe. That stuff is not true or false, it just is. So if the nature of truth is that it is something that exists only, be, only in between the universe and our thoughts, then it's not a real thing, is it? And I think that's part of what I'm afraid of. I haven't had a lot of time to come to any conclusions about what I think and feel about this, but I did have one conversation with a friend where he suggested that if that's the case, if truth can't be the the object of my search because, because it's not real, it's not something you can attain or obtain, then perhaps the point of the search is the search. That it's self-sustaining. That there is virtue in the journey. It's a common enough idea, right? We've, we've heard it many times. But it's hitting home for me in a way that it never has before. And yet it's a curious double thought, isn't it? That if the thing that I'm pursuing is not real, the pursuit of it is still real. And that must be the point. <laughs> but, but the thing's not real, right? So what am I doing? I think that's the kind of um, mental knots we can tie ourselves in because 
when I take a step back and look at it, look at what the results in my life have been from the pursuit, they have been good. I feel that I have more knowledge. I feel that I have more compassion. I feel that I am more the person that I want to be today than I was five or 10 years ago because of the pursuit, even if I was in search of a, a phantom. Earlier I mentioned that, that there were two paths that my thoughts had taken me down and, and that was the first one. The, the second one takes into account the fact that, that maybe truth is not real, but it is still something that is important and is valid and, and we can discuss and has an impact on our lives the same way the border between Idaho and Oregon does. The border is not valueless just because it, it doesn't exist. And so too, whether or not truth exists, it's, it's not valueless. And I started thinking about how what is true looks different depending on where you're sitting, depending on your perspective. This is true in a physical sense. If you are sitting in the forest like I am now and you are on the north side of the trees, you will say these trees are covered in moss. And that's true. If you're sitting on the south side of the trees, you don't see the moss and you say these trees are not covered in moss. And that's true. That's true insofar as, our, as, as we have the ability to perceive it and articulate it from, from our limited perspective. We can gain more perspective. We can walk around the tree and say, oh, part of this tree is covered in moss. That too would be true. But all of those statements are true because a statement must be made from a perspective. There's no, there's no way to say something without, without it coming from a mind. And minds don't exist outside of bodies. <laughs> and bodies exist in a physical space from which they have a perspective. Perspectives also exist about the imaginary things that I talked about earlier. A common example that, that you are all likely familiar with is a, your political perspective. You have a certain set of beliefs and understandings that are based on your experiences and the values that were handed to you by your parents and by your society and by your upbringing. And those influence the things that you believe about the way a country should be run, a government should be run. And other people with different upbringing, with a different set of beliefs, with a different set of experiences, with a different perspective, you might say, they have different opinions than you about how that government should be run. And it's all too common in our country today for, I say our country, um, it's all too common in America 
today for someone with a, a strong perspective on politics to think that people with a different perspective than them are stupid. To dismiss what they say. To not even listen to them. Because, oh, they think something different than me, therefore they must be wrong. Therefore, they don't deserve to have me listen to them. And that, that attitude, that attitude of my perspective is right, therefore your perspective is wrong, is understandable. Because it's simple. Because it lets us get on with our lives without having to re-examine all of the things that we believe without having to constantly re-examine all of the things that we believe. We can just do what we need to do, work our job, take care of our family. And so while probably, well, <laughs> what I was going to say there is probably most of us would agree that our perspectives are oversimplifications. I, 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 I don't think that's, I probably, I think that's probably not true. Well, I think that all of our perspectives are oversimplifications that allow us to just get on with the business of living. I also think it's worth keeping in mind that other people's perspectives are valid. And that if other people's perspectives are valid, it means that there is a chance that someone else's perspective is better than mine. It doesn't necessarily mean that's true. It just means it's possible. And if it's possible, then I would be wise to not ignore the possibility. And when I am confronted with a perspective that is different than mine, to not feel threatened by it to the point where I have to discount it, ignore it, ridicule it, or hate it, but that I can simply try to look at it for what it is. That I can simply try to look at that situation from that other person's perspective and see if there is some value in it, some value of some kind. To me, this feels like the closest I come to asking someone to change, to, to and, and that's not it exactly, to asking someone to change in a certain way. I am asking you and everyone to set aside the notion that your perspective is true and that the situation that you have a perspective on is therefore simple and to acknowledge that everything's pretty complicated and there are lots of different perspectives and lots of different valid ways to view things. What I'm asking people to do is to step outside of that oversimplified worldview 
from time to time, which I, I admit is, is an ask. It's, it's a, um, people hold on to their worldviews because they're safe, because they're simple, and as I said, because it lets them get on with their lives. And what I'm requesting is that those people stop doing that every, every now and then at least. I'm asking them to make a sacrifice. I'm asking them to sacrifice the simplicity, the black and whiteness of their worldview to try and look at something from someone else's perspective. Because I think that the more we do that, the more compassion we have for each other, the more we can figure out how to work together to make the world a better place for everybody and the better we can become at, like I said at the beginning of the episode, the better we can come become at existing and at living fulfilling lives. So that's the end of the conversation for today. If you have some thoughts that you would like to share about the nature of truth or about your perspective or about a time when you, when your perspective changed, please share them at deadmansforest.org or tweet us at deadmansforest1. Thanks for being a part of the conversation even if it was just to listen today. Bye-bye.